1: Dead
0: America, Portland, Part 2. Dead America, The Second Week, Book 10. Written by Derek Slayton. Narrated by P.J. Morgan. Chapter 1 Day Zero Plus Twelve A zombie staggered through the dank water, skin bulbous and swollen from being in the sewers for so long. Zion raised his crowbar and jabbed it through the forehead punching it through easily. The corpse fell back against the side of the drainage tunnel, finally at peace. When I thought zombies couldn't be any grosser, Dawn muttered as she passed the waterlogged corpse. This is heinous, Calvin shrugged. "Oh, I don't know, it could be worse. I thought we agreed never to say those words. She shot back, and they shared a chuckle. Fair enough, he replied, putting up a hand. I'm just saying I enjoy clearing a few zombies out of a drainage tunnel rather than facing a horde in the city. She nodded as she thought about it. Agreed, I take it back. Heinous it is. A few could easily turn into a horde, though, Zion piped up. That's why we need to get this shit locked down. Calvin rested his crowbar on his shoulder. What kind of fencing are you thinking? Maybe grab some chain link from one of the factories? How would we get enough of it down here, Don asked and peer down one of the offshoots to the tunnel. We just need to block off all of the extra tunnels to make a straight path through to the woods. It wouldn't have to be very high, I don't think. No, Zion said with a nod. If we just grabbed some iron gating and blocked off these little tunnels, then we could lure zombies all the way through to the other side. How many tunnels have we passed? Calvin glanced over his shoulder. Three, making notes, drawing maps, taking names. He held up a little notepad he'd been scribbling on. Good, his leader replied. Then it'll be a straight shot. We block off all the tunnels and then make a ruckus at the starting end. We head through, making as much noise as possible, and then out the other side we take cover around the bend and let them wander out into the woods to fuck up somebody else's day. That's a good plan, Calvin replied brightly. Keeping count, sir, yes, sir. They wandered through the tunnel, taking out the few straggling zombies hanging around. Question for you, Zion addressed Dawn as they strolled along. How are the women doing? The ones that were, entertainment for those assholes? She pursed her lips for a moment. As good as they can be, I guess. Relieved, they've been staying in one apartment together, staying close. I guess they're finding comfort being close to one another. He nodded. That's why I haven't checked in on them, he admitted. I didn't think a man coming into their space would be very welcome. You'd be okay, she replied with a wry smile. You are the one that burst in to save them. The youngest one said that she hasn't felt safer in her entire life, even pre-apocalypse, than now with you leading the complex. He rolled his eyes. Yeah, I fucking doubt that. Whether it's true or not, she said it, Don replied with a shrug. You've done a lot of good, and regardless of all the bullshit that went down with those military guys, I think our community is stronger for it. If there was any doubt of who should be in charge, well, it's long gone now. Did you ever doubt me? Zion raised an eyebrow. She wrinkled her nose. That's an unfair question. I barely knew you. I didn't doubt you, boss, Calvin cut in. And here we are, continuing to better the safety of our people. He pulled a joint out of his pocket and lit it up as the bright light at the mouth of the tunnel came into view. You know I already like you, you don't have to kiss my ass, Zion teased. Calvin shrugged. I never do anything I don't want to, he said, and held out the joint. Dawn plucked it out of his hand. Ain't that the truth? She took a deep drag and exhaled slowly before offering it to Zion, who shook his head. The water rippled and a loud snarl echoed from close by. Zion raised his crowbar, just in time to defend himself from the Hulk sized zombie that splashed out from one of the tunnels. He pressed the metal up into its throat, holding its gnashing teeth away from his face as he threw his full force into it, pressing it back up against the wall. Moans and shrieks filled the air, and as he held the giant ghoul at bay, He glanced to see a pack of waterlogged corpses sloshing towards him. Every fucking time I light up, Calvin muttered as he slogged past his friend, tucking the notepad back into his pocket. He raised the crowbar and swung it into the lead zombie's face, shoving it back into its friends. The momentum caused them to splash back into the shallow, dank water, a dog pile of rotting, bloated flesh. He then turned and jammed the end of his crowbar into the Hulk zombie's temple, where Zion was still holding it pretty casually against the tunnel wall. He joined Calvin, and they stood shoulder to shoulder, facing the ghoul still getting to their feet. They shambled closer, and Zion lunged forward, caving heads in. His partner stayed just behind him as he barreled through the group, braining any still-moving zombies knocked aside by the large battering ram that was his leader. Dawn leaned against the tunnel wall and simply watched, puffing away on the joint. The boys finished up and strained their ears, listening for anything else, and then headed back to the main route. She held out what was left of Calvin's joint, and he chuckled as he took it back. He took a puff and saluted her. Thanks, at least I didn't have to toss it. What, you can't kill zombies with a joint hanging out of your mouth? She raised an eyebrow. Oh, I can, he assured her. I just always end up getting smoke in one of my eyeballs, not as effective working blind. Fair enough, she replied, and they joined Zion as they continued clearing the main tunnel. When they finally reached the sunlight breaching the other end, the trio headed out into the fresh air where their vehicle waited. You got a good count? Zion asked as he opened the driver's side door. Calvin nodded as he slid into the back seat. Yes, sir, we are all good. I'll make some notes so you can pass it on to Adam. We'll get this city cleared out. It's an insane pursuit, you know, Don commented from the passenger seat. I mean, I'm with you because I know you're going to do it anyway. But damn, this is going to be an extremely risky way to clear out the city. Zion shook his head as he fired up the engine. We can't sit back and be careful if we want to survive. Chapter Two As Zion pulled into the driveway of the apartment complex, no less than six people came out to greet him, and it wasn't just the ones on guard duty. He glanced up at the still-hanging body of Sergeant Holcomb, the asshole that had tried to enslave his people. It was a reminder and a warning to anyone who thought it would be a good idea to fuck with Zion's community. Here you go, man, Calvin said, holding out a folded piece of paper as he puffed on the end of his joint. Say hi to them for me. I'm gonna go clean myself, god damn. Could have been worse, Don added. At least it wasn't a proper sewer. Always looking on the bright side, Calvin replied. She shrugged. Gotta live up to my name, right? He blinked at her for a moment and then pointed his finger at her, a smile breaking out over his face. Clever, clever. Zion looked over the notes and nodded. Thanks, he said. Calvin gave him a little salute. No prob, boss, let me know when we're heading out next. Yep, his leader replied, and also gave Don a wave before heading inside. He shook a few hands and then broke away to the armory. He pulled out the gun he'd been carrying, setting it down on the counter. Didn't end up using it, huh? Howie, the older gentleman manning the armory, asked with a smirk. Zion held up the crowbar he'd been using that day. You know I prefer weapons that don't run out of bullets, he replied. Well, at least I know I don't have to break this one down and clean it, Howie replied. I was the crowbar then. Did you like it? Zion nodded. Still don't have the ping of an aluminum bat, he said. And I missed my claws. They're just not always, well, let's just say I didn't want to terrify my team. They definitely serve that purpose, the armorer agreed. Well, I'll keep them ready for you, if you need to strike fear into the hearts of any men. In the meantime, enjoy whatever melee weapons you can get your hands on. we Will do, Scion replied, patting the knife holsters lining his belt. He headed off down the hallway to the command room, entering to find a series of computer screens and radios lining the living room of a one-bedroom apartment. Cheryl leaned over a table along the far wall, long blonde hair twisted back into a high ponytail as she studied a crudely drawn map of the city. "Oh, Hey, boss she said, and held out the receiver to him. Just chatting with your sister. He nodded and took a seat next to the radio. Hey, Monique. Z, she replied, excitement in her tone. How's it going? Good, we went and scattered the drainage pipe and cleared it out, he said. How are the greenhouses coming along? They're coming, but we could use a few things, Monique replied. When are you guys coming back into the city? We can be by later in the morning he said, and motioned to a pad of paper next to Cheryl. What do you need from the store? The blonde turned around and hopped up onto the table, grabbing the paper and pen and propping up the pad on her crossed legs. Hang on, I'll get windy, Monique replied. A few moments later, the gruff, no-nonsense tone of the leader of the neighborhood settlement came across the line. We need seeds, solar panels, and some more fencing, she said. He nodded. Sounds good. We're going to need a lead on iron fencing ourselves, so we can work on the drainage pipe and emptying the city. You're going ahead with that, hm? She came back. Don't expect me to be able to spare any of my people for that insanity. He couldn't help but crack a smile. Regardless of her borderline rudeness, he enjoyed how to the point she was. There was no beating around the bush with this woman. I think we're good for that, he replied with amusement in his tone. As Cheryl scribbled down the order, anything else you need? Yes, we picked up a few more survivors and are pressed for space, Wendy said. There's a group of houses and a two story building between here and the end of the block. If we can clear them out and get some more fencing, we can secure the whole block. Zion nodded. Okay, I'll bring some extra hands with me. Thank you, Wendy replied. Over and out. Cheryl trilled a laugh. Bye, Monique. Great chatting with you, Wendy. She said, sarcasm dripping from her tone. I'll give my sister an extra hug from you when I see her, Zion promised. He changed frequencies on the radio and clicked the talk button. Adam, are you there? Also, can we talk about the irony of flat out shooting down any help for your project and then immediately asking for help for hers? Cheryl continued as they waited. Zion shook his head. I won't endanger her people in the pipes anyway, they're more suited to non-combat work. Which is totally not at all why you sent Monique there, the blonde teased. He furrowed his brow at her, pretending not to understand the insinuation. He knew his sister could handle herself, but he felt much better when she was safely behind closed walls and fences. If she were at the apartment complex, then she would want to come out on runs to contribute. But he wasn't going to admit any of that out loud. Hey, Zion, Adam greeted. How's it going? Good, good, he replied. We're doing a run for Wendy, anything you need? Well, first, our standard canned goods order. The older man came back. Same number as before. I also need some specialized parts, but I think I might have a lead on another group of survivors. Cheryl looked up from her paper, raising an eyebrow. Oh? Sion asked. Where? Where? Yesterday, a few of us went on a run to check on this old convenience store nearby, and somebody was flashing a light through a window, Adam said. I don't think they were trying to convey a message, though I don't know Morse code if they were. I waved to show them we saw them, but we weren't able to get to the building. I'd assume it's crawling with zombies if people are signaling us instead of just coming out themselves. Zion pursed his lips for a moment thoughtfully before clicking the button. I guess we'll have to check it out, We don't know how much longer they have in there if they're trapped. That's right, Adam agreed. They could be running low on supplies, but even if they're not, they clearly want out. I wish we could have communicated somehow. As it is, we don't know anything, but I wouldn't want to leave it too long before investigating. Zion nodded. Okay, do you know the address, or approximately where it is? I've got Cheryl here taking notes. Adam rattled off the directions from the shop to the building. And she jotted down what he said and hopped down off of the table, leaning back over her map. I know you have a lot on your plate, Adam said finally. But I just, I'd want someone to do it for us, karma and all that, right? Right, Zion replied. We're gonna go shopping and then drop off at Wendy's and hopefully head your way soon after. What are these parts that you need? Making those deadly claws for you has given me some ideas for forging some more efficient weapons. Guns will only get us so far, and they're loud, you know, Adam said. Yep, Zion agreed. So I wanna be able to craft good weapons, spears, blades, stuff that people can safely use to defend themselves. It'd be a lot better than duct tape and a broom handle, and I might as well use these machines if I've got them, came the reply. Zion chuckled. You going stir crazy in there, nesting? No, we've got lots to do, Adam defended. Just with you bringing us food and us not particularly able to take on lots of zombies, I wanna make sure we're contributing. And my people are a lot better working inside. If I can use my specialized skills for efficiency in the apocalypse, then that's a win, right? That's good, man, really, the young leader assured him. So what do you need us to find? I'm going to build a metal press, and the only part that I need is a bottle jack, Adam said. At least a ten ton, but the higher the better. We've been checking garages that we've been able to get to, but they all use big machinery that isn't easily moved. The bottle jack we can get in here, and I can use it to build a solid press. Done, Zion replied. And then you can make me something pretty. Adam laughed. Your claws are more effective than pretty, I suppose. It's the thought that counts, the younger man said. We'll see what we can find. Okay, thanks, Adam replied. See you later. Zion replaced the receiver onto its hook and stood next to Cheryl. Okay, what is our joyride route today? She pointed to different spots on the map as she talked. So the store you want to hit for the gardening supplies is here. It's a hardware store, but they have a huge gardening section, and they're big on sustainable power, so you should be able to get solar panels too. You can check for a jack, but I'm not sure. She started a fresh piece of paper for him to take with him, filling out directions. This area has a grocery store that is probably looted, but might be worth a look if you happen to have time to check it out. But we have more than enough canned goods to take a run to Adam from our own stores. And this here is where he saw the flashlight. She scribbled out a few more directions. This place is a low end tire place. They might have fancy giant machines, but I'm thinking they might be your best bet for portable jacks. Hopefully, you can find what he needs there. She held out the page. Sounds good. He replied and took the paper from her. Are we all gassed up and ready to go? Jeremy and Sean should be back with the truck any minute, she assured him. Be careful out there. Be careful in here, he shot back. Maybe get some air and sunshine at some point today. She huffed at him. You know I only need coffee
1: to survive, big boy. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app.
0: Zion and Calvin headed to the parking deck, the latter cleaned up and ready for action. Not that I don't think this plan with the drainage pipe will work, but you know, it's pretty insane, the younger man declared. I feel like it's one of those plans in the movies that always look like it'll be perfect, but then go horribly wrong for the heroes. Zion barked a laugh. Well, it's a good thing we ain't movie heroes then, he replied, and checked all of his holsters and turned to his companion. It's a risky plan, but there's always risks with anything we do. And it's important for the long run to get the city cleared out, for the communities in there and for us, so we can go in safely to get supplies. I know, I know, Calvin replied, putting up his hands. I get it, and it's really a much easier and safer option, bringing them out through a tunnel. Safer for everyone but those of us doing the leading. His leader retorted, and they shared a chuckle. The smaller man shook his head. True that. He leaned back against the wall, looking at his companion. You know, if it weren't for the apocalypse, I don't think we ever would have met. At least in all this insanity, there's that, right? You getting all mushy on me? Zion teased. Calvin laughed. No, just thinking about how different our lives would be, zombies aside. Like you probably wouldn't have given me the time of day had we met pre-apocalypse. No offense, bud, but I wouldn't have even given you a glance, his friend admitted. Monique and I were trying to live straight, but I still wasn't associating with wiry little whitebread boys like you. The wiry whitebread boy in question rolled his eyes. Don't sugarcoat it, huh? It's funny that when people say no offense, it's usually followed by something super offensive. Hey, you started it, Zion replied, though his expression remained amused. He knew his companion wasn't really offended. A rumbling engine alerted them to an approaching truck. Sean and Jeremy, two guys from Wendy's community, sat in the cab and waved as they pulled up to the parking deck. It was an old mattress truck, big enough to store all kinds of supplies. And Adam had been kind enough to reinforce it with multiple layers of rebar and extra bumpers. It made driving over corpses that much easier. Jeremy jumped out of the driver's seat, flashing the guy's a 1,000 watt smile. Once upon a time, he'd been a bartender, and he still had the charms to prove it. Morning, fellas, he greeted as he moved so Zion could climb up into the driver's seat. He skirted around the back of the truck so Calvin could heft a few crates inside in case they needed them for Adam. Then they clambered up into the cab behind Sean. A little softer and more reserved, Sean was older and had a background in accounting and business, though he didn't like to talk about what kind of business. What's the plan for today? Jeremy asked, after they all exchanged their pleasantries. Calvin pulled a joint from behind his ear and lit it up, taking a deep drag and passing it over to his backseat buddy. What isn't the plan for today? He grinned. We get to go shopping for Wendy's greenhouses, drop off some food for Adam, investigate some potential friends stuck in a building, and gear up to do a zombie conga line. Jeremy coughed on his puff and handed the weed back wheezing in his shock. Zombie conga line? That'll probably be tomorrow, Zion added. Sean blinked at him. He wasn't joking? We're hoping to clear out the city by rerouting zombies down through the drainage tunnels, the driver explained. Jeremy took a deep breath. You guys never sit still, huh? Well, it'll definitely help if there are less dead dudes running around the city. Now, what about these potential friends? Did you guys meet someone new? Adam saw somebody flashing a light from the top of a building near his place. Zion replied, we're not sure what the deal is up there, but if they're doing that, we figure they must need help. Fair enough, Jeremy replied. Civilization isn't going to get anywhere if we don't help each other. Zion entered the city, smacking into a few straggling zombies as he went. The reinforced bumpers took them out easily, and the truck didn't even flinch running them over. He pulled to a stop in front of the hardware store, and they jumped out into an empty street. There were a few stragglers within eyeshot a few blocks down, but nothing to really threaten them. This place is fancy, Calvin commented as they approached the front doors of the store. Gotta love these hipsters boasting their green hardware, you know, because building shit out of wood and gardening isn't green if it isn't organic and solar-powered. Don't give a shit about organic but solar powered is handy when the apocalypse knocks out all the power stations, Zion said. I guess those granola crunchers came in handy after all, Calvin replied. Jeremy cocked his head. It's funny that a green hippie such as yourself would be making fun of the granola crunchers, he teased. Hey, hey, there is a big difference between a hippie and a hipster, Calvin shot back, pointing a finger at him. On a scale of doobie to man bun, I am definitely at zero. Sean peered through the glass. There's a fair bit of movement in there. Zion held up his crowbar in one hand and drew a hunting knife with the other. When we get inside, I'll take the lead. You two grab the biggest carts you can find and follow Calvin with the list. Stay behind me and I'll clear the way through. Jeremy raised an eyebrow, but Sean just shook his head a little. He'd seen Zion in action, and his compadre hadn't. Got it? Zion asked and the three men nodded, good. With that, he smashed the glass door with his crowbar, and immediately stepped through the jagged hole. Jesus, Jeremy hissed, but ducked inside quickly as he'd been instructed to do. The carts were just to the left, and they yanked them out, hurrying close behind Calvin as he stared down at the shopping list. As casual as if they were strolling the farmer's market on a sunny day. Zion smashed a zombie in the skull and dropped it, stabbing the next contender through the forehead with his knife. Okay, so aisle three here is where we'll find our seeds, Calvin said to nobody in particular. Zion planted his foot into the zombie's chest and wrenched his knife free, spinning into the momentum to take another corpse's head clean off with the blade. Veggies, veggies are important. Calvin mused, and stopped in front of the edible garden seeds as his leader pressed ahead, taking out ghouls left and right. He plucked packets of seeds down and tossed handfuls into the carts, whistling as he did so. Jeremy watched with wide eyes as Zion hacked and slashed and crushed, his movements somehow matching the jaunty tune that came out of Calvin's mouth. Fruit too? You think strawberries are hard to grow? the younger man asked, turning to the guys. Just put them in the cart, man, Jeremy hissed. Calvin simply shrugged and continued tossing handfuls of seed packets in, until the shelves were devoid of edible plant seeds. Okay, we're good, big guy. Zion nodded, pressing forward, arms a flurry as he left bodies in his wake. Calvin continued whistling as he kicked fully dead zombies to the side of the aisle giving Jeremy and Sean room to move their carts through the carnage. Hang a right up here, we should be able to find the solar panels and fencing along the back wall, Calvin said. Zion dropped one final zombie and then whipped around in the center of a four way intersection. He looked crazed, a thin sheen of sweat making his forehead glisten. Blood spattered all over his clothes. His expression relaxed and he strained his ears listening for any more moaning or shuffling through the store. After a few moments of silence, he gave Calvin a little salute with his knife and led the way to the back wall. Jeremy stared back at the trench of bodies they'd left in the aisle, eyes wide. And then when he turned back to find Sean disappearing around the corner, he gave his cart a shove and sprinted to catch up. Damn, no jacks anywhere. We'll have to check out that garage, Calvin said, shaking his head. He went down his list, pointing out all of the solar panel parts for his teammates to pull down from the shelves. Once everything was securely in the carts, they moved down and stacked as much fencing as they could on top without falling over. We'll need to come back for more fencing, Calvin said, and Zion nodded. The two of them helped hold the stacks up as Jeremy and Sean pushed the carts back to the front of the store. They unlocked and opened the doors proper so they could get them out into the street. Snarls filled the air, and Sean cried out, fumbling with his gun holster. Zion grabbed his arm. No gunshots, he said, and then had to reach up quickly to steady the wobbling stack of fencing. He kicked at one of the zombies, planting his boot into its chest and sending it back into its brethren, buying them a few seconds. Calvin pulled enough panels from his own stack to keep it from falling and making a big clatter, And then rushed forward with one held straight out in front of him. Jeremy immediately joined him, seeing what he was trying to do, and the duo managed to push back the mini horde of corpses that had come for them in the street. Zion and Sean quickly lowered their extra fencing to the asphalt, the latter approaching with his own panel to try to herd the zombies into an alcove on the end of the building. The corpses tripped over each other but moved backwards, and Zion was able to lash his arm across the fencing to take out zombies with his crowbar, one at a time. As each one fell, it became easier for the fence holders, and soon Calvin was able to drop his and join the foray with his hunting knife. Soon, Jeremy and Sean stood there, holding their panels with heaving chests, staring at the pile of bodies as if it were going to reanimate. Is that it? Calvin looked up and down the street, but there was no more movement in the vicinity zion shoved his crowbar back into his belt for now we should get loaded up the quartet sprung to action packing the truck full of the supplies and then going back for more fencing they were extra careful coming out of the front doors this time but they weren't joined by any more zombies and soon they were safe and sound back in the cab heading for the tire shop how exactly does one build a hydraulic press jeremy asked folding his arms around the back of his head. Calvin shrugged. We don't know how Adam does a lot of the things he does. I'd assume that Jack is going to act as the hydraulics, and the rest will be heavy-duty welded metal, Sean suggested. Calvin thought for a moment and then nodded. That sounds legit. The guy is like a machining MacGyver. But I mean, we knew that already with Zion's claw. Still haven't seen that thing in action, Jeremy said wistfully. Next time we need to teach someone a hard lesson, you will, Calvin said, holding up his fist and clenching it with vigor. Sean shook his head. I hope that doesn't happen to you guys again, or any of us. It won't, Zion replied firmly, the vision of Holcomb's lifeless body on display, dancing through his head. His reverie broke as the tire shop came into view, along with the zombies staggering around the parking lot. He sighed as if it were more a nuisance than anything, and pulled in, taking a haphazard route around the lot to run down as many corpses as he could. God, I love this truck, Calvin said brightly, bracing himself as they jostled around. Jeremy grinned. Yeah, we got to bonk quite a few zombies when we went to get gas, he said. Good times. Zion put the truck in park and surveyed the parking lot of bodies a few of them clambering to their feet or dragging their busted legs across the asphalt. Okay, let's get out there and make sure they're all dead. We don't want any screechers drawing any more attention. The quartet jumped out of the cab and fanned out around the parking lot, using blades and crowbars to take out any movement. Soon the lot was a graveyard, and they met back at the front of the truck. Sean peered in through the glass door at the lobby of the shop while Calvin tried to see into the small window on the garage bay door. I can't see shit in here, he complained. I don't think they bothered to clean this even before people started coming back from the dead. Grease monkeys, Jeremy added, shaking his head. Hey, if they have what we need, then we shouldn't make fun of them, Sean chastised. Calvin snickered. Yes, dad, he said, elbowing Jeremy in the arm as he did so. Sean rolled his eyes and turned to Zion, ignoring the two childish men. The waiting area looks clear, but I can't see that far in. Zion raised his crowbar to the glass, but then paused and tried to just pull the door open. It wasn't locked, and he shrugged, pulling it all the way and sticking his head in. Hey, he bellowed, and nothing came from behind the counter to greet him. There was, however, sounds of movement from the metal door to the garage, and he stepped inside. He walked up to the door and sighed at the window full of zombies, so thick he couldn't even see into the garage area. Jesus, Sean breathed from behind him. That can't just be the crew in there. Zion shook his head. No, I think somebody trapped them in here, maybe to pave a way to escape. What do we do? his companion asked. We get him out of the way, Zion replied. He headed back to the front door. Hey, do those doors open from the outside? Calvin leaned down and wrapped his hand around the handle at the bottom of the first door and tested it. It would, but it's locked, he replied with a shrug. Bang on the metal, Zion instructed, and then disappeared back inside. Calvin and Jeremy looked at each other and shrugged using their crowbars to smack on the metal doors and create a ruckus. What was that about, screechers being too loud? Jeremy asked, sarcasm dripping from his tone. Calvin shrugged again. Whatever, if a horde shows up, we'll just jump back in the truck and let Zion fight his way out. They shared a laugh, but then zipped up as Zion emerged, waving his hands for them to cut it out. It's not working, the sound is bouncing around in there, and they don't know where it's coming from. How many are in there, Calvin asked. He shook his head. It's impossible to tell, they're packed right against the door. That's never a good sign, Jeremy replied. What about the roof, Sean asked as he came back outside. We can use the truck to get on top and see if there's a way in from the top. I'd imagine a shop with any kind of machinery needs roof ventilation. Zion nodded, good idea. He headed for the driver's side door and soon the quartet was jumping from the top of the truck onto the roof of the tire shop. He headed for a cluster of large metal ducks and felt around the front of one for a seam to dig his nails in. He finally stepped back and stuck his crowbar into the slats, easily popping it off. Moans echoed up to them, the noise bouncing around and out into the air. He waved Calvin forward. Lean in, I'll hold your legs. Why don't you lean in? His friend shot back, crossing his arms. Zion barked a laugh, flexing his considerable muscles. You think you can hold me? Calvin scratched the back of his head and wrinkled his nose. Right, yep. He leaned into the duct, peering out over the shop. Zion took hold of his legs and gave him some more length, and his eyes widened. The entire floor was shoulder-to-shoulder zombies, They looked up at him with milky eyes and slack-jawed expressions, groaning their excitement at the fresh meat dangling above. Pull me up, he called, reaching back to smack Zion's hand. As he slid out of the duct back onto the roof, he sighed. Well, there's a jack in there, on the opposite side of the duct. He crossed the roof and stood at the other corner, closer to the big bay doors. Right here on a shelf, except the whole fucking place is zombies, like a mosh pit. Sean paled, and Jeremy scrubbed his hands down his face. Do we really need a hydraulic press? The latter asked, clearing his throat. Calvin shrugged. Zee, you know I'm all for getting what he needs, but I wonder if maybe this can wait for another day. Was there an automatic switch for the bay doors? Zion asked, cutting him off. His companion sighed. He should have known his stubborn friend wouldn't let it go that easily. Yeah, across from the jack on the same side as the duct. He crossed the roof to the other side to show him about where it was. What are you thinking? If we can get the doors open, we can draw them all outside and then grab the jack, Zion said. Jeremy shook his head. But then they'll all be outside where we are. Technically, we'd be fine up here if we could get in and out from the duct. Sean replied, "Then just get back in the truck from up here. The real question is, would it be ethical to release a mini horde for somebody else to deal with because we want a car jack?" "So much shit in the apocalypse is unethical," Calvin muttered, rubbing his chin. Zion shook his head. "If we can draw them out, then we can draw them back in once we get what we need. I still don't get how we are going to get the doors open," Calvin said, raising a hand. "If we can't get at the jack," how will we get at the door switch? Is it a switch or a button? Zion asked. His friend laughed, suddenly realizing what the idea was. Neither, it's one of those fancy touch pads. Zion simply grinned, and both Jeremy and Sean looked at each other, then at the duo. What did we miss? Jeremy asked, raising a hand. Calvin jogged back to the truck and snaked down inside of it, returning with a bright orange plastic gun. Where the hell did you have that stowed? Jeremy gaped and then flinched as Calvin fired a foam dart at his face. Why do you even have that? We found a few the last time we were out and we brought them back for the kids, Zion explained. We thought keeping one in the truck might come in handy in certain situations. Or if we got stranded somewhere, at least we could entertain ourselves, Calvin added. Jeremy threw up his hands. In what situation during the zombie apocalypse could a foam dart gun come in handy? What are you gonna do with it now? Am I or am I not a sniper? Calvin asked, waggling his eyebrows. Realization dawned on Jeremy's face. There's no way that you can hit the door button while hanging upside down out of a roof vent, he shot back. Wanna bet? The shorter man held out his hand, wiggling his fingers for effect. Jeremy immediately shook it giving it a firm squeeze. I've got a late 90s playboy that says you can't open the doors with that gun. Oh, Bud, looking forward to that. Calvin grinned and cocked the plastic air gun. Zion, let's do this. His friend chuckled and shook his head. But inside, he was glad for the enthusiasm. If they could pull this off, it would be more morale points for his team, spread around the communities, and more goodwill with Adam if they could bring him this part which in turn meant more weapons. Every event was a precursor to better events, at least he hoped that was the case. Calvin took a deep breath before leaning into the duct this time, holding it to avoid the distracting scent of rot that hit him as soon as he was inside. He stared at the button, a big glass target that he knew he could hit. The real question was, would the dart have enough force to actually register on it? He hoped so, A nudie magazine hung in the balance, and with the absence of the internet, such things were a commodity. He aimed the gun as steadily as he could, holding as still as possible over the mass of writhing bodies. Pop. The first dart missed, going a little too far to the left. He forgot that this was not an actual rifle with proper aiming technology. He aimed to the right and pop. Closer, but not quite. The gun only had 10 darts in it, so he had to make them count. Pop. This one clipped the side of the button, and he finally took a breath, grimacing at the stench, but trying to steady his breath as best he could. Pop. The doors began to move, and he hooted his excitement. Fuck yeah, he cried, and Zion pulled him up as the doors screeched open. Jeremy shook his head, flabbergasted. I concede, man, holy shit, well done. Calvin bowed dramatically, and Sean headed to the front to look down at the zombies staggering outside. Okay, let's make some noise, get them away from the door so we can grab that press, Zion said, and Jeremy and Calvin skirted to the side of the building, banging their crowbars on the brick and hollering obscenities at the zombies. The bulk of the corpses began to cluster around the side where the brick was, And Zion and Sean peeked over the front again. Cover me, Zion instructed. But fire only if you absolutely have to. Sean nodded and drew his gun. Zion trotted back over to the truck, using it to climb down to the ground, crowbar in hand. He crept along the brick wall and peered around the front. A few zombies staggered across the lot, but they were headed in the opposite direction of the bay doors. He ducked around and peeked into the shop. There were three zombies still inside, either too stupid or too deaf to have followed their brethren. Zion jumped in and busted heads, taking out all three effortlessly as he made his way across the shop. He reached up and wrapped his hands around the ten-ton jack and pulled it down from the shelf, taking a quick look to see if there was anything else. There weren't any bigger ones, so he hoped that Adam would be able to get some use out of it. He turned around and noticed a big radio sitting atop a stack of tires. He popped outside and looked up at Sean. I'm gonna draw him back in and stay in the lobby. Tell the boys to cut it out, he said. Sean nodded and disappeared, and Calvin and Jeremy's racket ceased. Zion ran back in and turned on the radio, cranking up the grunge cassette to full volume before ducking into the lobby. He latched the door and ducked, watching through the window as the growling tones and crunchy guitar drew in the mini-horde once again. When it looked like the shop was packed, he moved to the front door and ever so gently pushed it open, heading outside. He dove for the bay door button and smacked it before rolling back outside. A few at the back of the horde screamed, turning towards the grinding doors, but they were too slow. The big metal doors came down on rotted arms squashing a skull or two as they settled down against the cement. All good down there? Sean asked, three heads popping up over the side of the roof. Zion picked up the jack from the ground and held it up over his head with a smile. Come on down, he said, and headed to stow the equipment in the back of the truck. Calvin slid down the hood first, landing on his feet with the barest of wobbles. What are we going to do about this place? Should we leave them in there like that? They can't hurt anyone from in there, Jeremy replied. Sean shook his head. I don't like just leaving them like that. I feel like it's asking for trouble, leaving such a big pack of zombies alive, uh, walking around. They thought for a moment, and then Calvin pulled a lighter out of his pocket. Should be safe to light her up, no? He glanced around at the parking lot that seemed to spread out far enough around the building that there wouldn't be a risk of burning half of the city down. Was there a filing cabinet back there somewhere? Sean asked, turning to Zion. We could light the paper. Zion nodded and led the way into the lobby. The office behind the front desk had three filing cabinets, and they each took one, dumping folders and papers on the floor. When they had a fair pile, Zion cocked his head at the window looking into the shop. The zombies still clustered around the radio, though they'd knocked it to the floor. Back up, he said and as his companions did so, he smashed out the window with his crowbar. Some of the zombies turned towards him, but he stepped out of reach, nodding to Calvin. The wiry stoner lit a few pieces of paper on fire, and soon enough the blaze was roaring, encompassing half of the office. Zion had no doubt it would catch a few of the reaching arms, spreading to the rest of the corpses writhing around inside. The quartet exited, and climbed back up into the cab of the truck. This is gonna smell like shit when the tires start to burn, Calvin said, as Zion fired up the engine. Probably better than fried zombie smell, Jeremy replied. Calvin snorted. True that, my brother. Chapter Four There's my little bro, Monique greeted with a smile and wrapped her brother in a tight hug. It's good to see you, she whispered into his ear. He kissed her temple. Missed you too, making my own breakfast sucks. She smacked his arm and rolled her eyes, moving on to Calvin. I'll hug you then, since you appreciate me. Zion crossed his arms and watched as his companion embraced his sister. Calvin's cheeks went pink as he awkwardly hugged her back. Not used to displays of affection from the lady he was crushing on. Okay, let's get you two up to speed. Wendy strode up and snapped her fingers in that no-nonsense way of hers. She breezed past them, not even looking back to see if they were following. The quartet trailed along with Monique in tow, the latter beaming as Wendy showcased all of their hard work over the last little while. And these are the greenhouses, she continued, motioning to the large wooden frames, outfitted with thick plastic sheeting. They dug deep below, using the ground as insulation as well to make sunken greenhouses that would be effective all year round. Community members hauled the solar panels from the trucks, others spreading and sorting seed packets across a myriad of tables. Looking good, Zion replied. But you're right, it's getting a bit crowded in here. Why don't you show me the buildings you want cleared? Wendy motioned to the far wall, where two guards stood on a platform to look out over the street. Up here she said, and headed for the ladder. Once they were up there, she pointed out the cluster of buildings. It was one two-story building and three houses. This would be easy to block off, fencing on three sides to box it in, Calvin mused. She nodded. That's why it makes the most sense to just take the whole block, she replied. There's just the matter of clearing it out. Zion stared down at the 80 or so zombies milling about visibly not to mention how many would be inside the structures. We're gonna have to be careful with this, he said. We don't wanna attract other zombies to this location and have you surrounded by a horde on all sides. Even though your walls are secure, you'll still need to safely get in and out for supplies. Would it be easiest to set up the fencing first and then just take them all out, Calvin asked. Zion shook his head. No, I think you cover Sean, Jeremy, and me, and we'll head out and take them out by hand. Once it's clear, everyone can get the fencing up all at once, together. I think I'm gonna need a bigger knife, Jeremy said with a tight smile. Monique crossed her arms. Are you sure that's the best option? She asked. Shouldn't we just pick them all off from here? It would be safer. We can't risk that many gunshots, Zion replied, shaking his head. We don't wanna draw too much attention here. We can easily take these corpses, right, guys? Sean and Jeremy nodded in unison. Zion gave his sister's shoulder a tight squeeze. Don't worry. Somebody has to worry about your impulsive ass, she joked, and gave him a kiss on the cheek before he descended. We'll be monitoring from up here, Wendy promised, and turned back to the zombies. Sean waved Zion over to their weapons stash, and the three men outfitted themselves with blades and hard blunt objects. Zion turned to them at the front gates, crowbar in one hand, machete in the other. Stay focused, don't panic. If things get out of hand, Calvin has us covered. Just keep calm and drop bodies. His companions nodded firmly, and Zion raised his hand to the person manning the gate. They opened just enough for the trio to slip out, and sneak along the wall to the corner facing the rest of the block. Most of the zombies were clustered against the wall, where Monique and Wendy stood with Calvin hoping for a meal to fall in their mouths. They weren't banging on the walls, though a few seemed to futilely think they could climb them, rubbing their rotted hands up and down the wood. Fan out, Zion whispered. If we can silently get enough of them from behind, that will be safer. Sean and Jeremy nodded and flanked him as he darted out into the joined backyard of the two closest houses. They spread out on either side of him, weapons at the ready, and waited for him to strike. Zion lunged forward, bringing his crowbar down on one head and then immediately slashing another with the machete. His companions sprung to action on their side, creating a tight line of blades and a flurry of corpse dropping. With the sounds of grunting and bodies hitting the grass, the wall zombies started to turn around and face their attackers head on. Zion grinned maniacally at them, wiping the blood splattering his face, and spun into a kick booting one rotted ghoul back into its brethren. A bunch of them fell down, giving Sean and Jeremy an opening to take out a few more as they continued to thin the herd. Zion took care of the last few on the ground, and then they turned to the buildings, the few slow-moving zombies staggering towards them from around the walls. One tripped over a kid's tricycle on the way, making enough of a clatter that more zombies headed out of the busted doors of the bungalows. The trio headed forward, staying out in the open, but wanting to get the zombies as spread out as possible for fighting them. Sean stabbed one close to him in the head and then grabbed it by the shirt and threw it back into three ghouls, knocking them all over like bowling pins. Jeremy dove for one close to him, but two managed to stagger towards his back. Zion was too distracted to notice, but Calvin had his eye on him. Jeremy cried out at the feel of a squishy hand brushing his shoulder from behind, but the quick crack of gunfire put an end to it, and he looked up at the sniper with thanks in his eyes. He stabbed the zombie he was wrestling with in the face, and then whipped around to see what was happening with the others. You okay? Zion asked, as he brained another corpse with his crowbar. Jeremy nodded and rushed over to help with the last few stragglers outside. The grass was a veritable sea of rotted flesh, but at least none of it was moving anymore. We're gonna need eyes on the street to make sure nothing heard that gunshot, Zion said, and clapped Jeremy on the shoulder. You head on beside that house and watch down the roads where Calvin can't see. The ex-bartender nodded and hurried off to his post. Sean squared his shoulders. We going to clear these buildings? Yep, Zion confirmed. Watch my back and I'll watch yours he said, and then headed for the first bungalow. With the doors all broken, there was a good chance the places would be clear, but they couldn't be too careful. The duo carefully walked through the first house, shoes crunching on broken glass and splintered wood. These places had definitely had struggles with zombies, with furniture overturned and knickknacks shattered everywhere. The first house was empty, as was the second, but just as they were letting their guard relax a little bit, Something shrieked in the third. Where's that coming from? Sean asked, eyes widening at the horrendous sound. It sounded like a dying zombie cat, a horrendous high-pitched wail. Zion furrowed his brow. The kitchen, he suggested, and they crossed the threshold to see a white door in the corner, thumping away with the noise. No chance we can leave it in there, huh? Sean joked. Zion moved forward and shook his head. Not exactly nice dinner party music. He motioned for his partner to open the door and held up his hand to count down from three. As soon as he hit one, Sean flung the door open and a blur flew out at him. The younger man hit the tile as a zombie shrieked on top of him, and he pushed at it hard with his knees to try to keep it out of snapping distance. Sean lunged with his knife, but missed and caught it in the back. Zion threw his body to the side, pinning the flailing monster with his knees, and finally slamming his crowbar down into its eye socket. As it fell limp, he sat back on his haunches and stared down at it. Must have been stuck in here since the beginning with that kind of energy, he muttered, and removed the crowbar. It had been a girl once upon a time of no more than maybe 14. He imagined her and her mom baking cookies together and then her trying to take a chunk out of more than just cookie dough. Mom and dad wrestling their undead daughter into the pantry, not knowing what was going on. Zion had a good grip on what he needed to do during these post-apocalyptic times, but there were moments like this where he couldn't help but reflect on the complete and utter insanity that this all really was. Should we get on to that other building? Sean prompted gently, as if unsure of the conversation. Zion nodded and retrieved the knife that had gotten away from his companion and led him outside without another word. The two-story building turned out to be an open concept gift market on the main floor with shelves of little kitschy things lining the walls. The bay windows along the street side lit up the space well, giving them a good lay of the land. Zion headed down a row of ceramic dolls and smashed a zombie in the face dropping it before more moans echoed from behind a few racks of brightly colored silk scarves. Sean ducked behind a stand full of keychains and then leapt out behind them as they reached the dolls. Zion brained the first one, and his partner took out the one at the back with a well-placed stab to the back of the skull. The final middle one didn't seem to know which way to go, and then decided to lunge for Sean's throat. He stabbed, but missed and caught it in the shoulder knocking them both back into the keychain stand, causing a loud clatter as plastic tags rained down on the wooden floor. Zion lashed down, bringing his crowbar down into the back of the zombie's head. He took a fistful of the back of its shirt and threw it aside, holding out his hand for his companion to take. Thanks, Sean replied, breathing a little heavier as he got to his feet. He looked around at the mess they'd made and then chuckled as he saw a shone keychain amongst the mess. I bet you never find your name on a keychain, huh? Zion laughed as they headed for the stairs to the second floor. No, he admitted as they crept up the stairs. There was a bit of shuffling noise, and they hit the landing and came into a creaky hallway. A half-mounted sign hanging off of the wall boasted, All day yoga, and they stopped outside of a door with a square window in the center of it. Sean jumped as a hand smacked the window, leaving a smear of blood across it. Zion squinted and then stepped back, shaking his head. Zombie yoga, he mused. That's new. Sean scratched the back of his head and then took another look inside. All of the corpses inside were still in their workout gear, all women in various states of rot. This room is gonna be fucking gross, but it would be really useful to Wendy once it's cleaned up, Zion said, and motioned to the other end of the hall, where there was a second door into the large studio. You go down to that door and make a ruckus. I'll sneak in this way and take them out from behind. Got it, Sean replied, and trotted down the hallway towards the other door. He opened it and called. Hey, ladies, got your downward dog over here. Zion wrinkled his nose, shaking his head, and put his hand on the doorknob as the zombies made a beeline for the other door. He threw it open as soon as they were clear, and caught the rear one in the back of the head. He untangled the crowbar from her ponytail, and then reached out to grab another. But as he took a fistful of her hair, it just came away, scalp peeling back from the skull. He threw the hunk of flesh to the ground and bonked her on the head, dropping her quickly enough that he could stab her in the forehead. Sean closed his door, but continued to knock and bang on it to keep their attention. And Zion moved along the back of the group, taking out the corpses one by one. When the final one fell, he gave Sean a thumbs up and looked around at his handiwork. You're a beast, man, Sean said as he shoved the door open, sliding a dead ghoul in the process. We're really lucky to have you on the front lines. Zion shrugged. Make sure to keep me happy and I'll keep working for you. I'll make sure to get you some free passes to our new yoga studio, Sean joked and clapped his companion on the shoulder as they left. When the duo emerged from the building, Jeremy gave them a salute from the sidewalk. How's it looking? Zion asked as they approached. Doesn't look like we attracted anything, came the reply. They headed back to the wall, and Zion shielded his eyes as he looked up at Calvin. Anything coming? The sniper shook his head, giving them a thumbs up. Good job, guys. The trio strolled around the wall with a renewed sense of vigor as the gates opened, and community members rushed out carrying rolls of fencing and toolboxes. Chapter five. Thanks, Wendy said. This is going to be really helpful. The guys recovered from their skirmish, wolfing down a few sandwiches and chugging water. Zion nodded. Of course, we have to help each other, right? I don't wanna watch next time, Monique joked, ruffling his hair. That was terrifying. Calvin puffed out his chest. Oh, They were never in any real danger with me covering them. That's right, thank you, man, Jeremy said around a mouthful of peanut butter and jelly. He swallowed quickly. I would have been boned if it weren't for you. The sniper patted him on the shoulder. No problem. Adam told me that the 205 bridge over Government Island has a lane clear now, Wendy said. He was able to get a tow truck in there a few days ago and make it accessible. Zion nodded. That's good news. We're going to head over there now. He stood up, brushing the crumbs off of his pants. Thanks for the PB&J. They're making as much bread as they can while the flour is still good, Monique said. Maybe someday we'll be able to grow wheat and make our own. Sean raised his hand. I officially volunteer myself to help Zion on runs every day instead of milling wheat with rocks. Monique laughed. It was just a thought, probably not a super viable one for what it would yield. Fresh bread is fucking amazing, though, Calvin said as he finished off his sandwich. I didn't even eat this good before the apocalypse. Mac and cheese and pizza and beer? Jeremy teased as they headed for the door. Calvin held up a finger. And only the finest ketchup. Mac and cheese is garbage without ketchup. You're disgusting, man, Jeremy laughed. Zion gave his sister a kiss on the cheek, and she gave his shoulder an affectionate squeeze as they parted. Be safe, she said, and take care of that idiot. She inclined her head towards Calvin, who was regaling Jeremy with tales of his bachelor recipes. Zion laughed. We take care of each other. The quartet loaded up into the truck once again and fired it up, driving around the block to see the fence coming up nicely on their way out. Calvin finished a victory joint with Jeremy just as Zion pulled up close to Adam's place. Fuck, Jeremy breathed as they gazed at the sea of zombies clustered around the outside of the building. Adam waved at them from the roof and then spread his arms and shrugged as if to say, Hey, what can you do? Zion shook his head and drove forward, plowing over corpses so that the truck was right beside the building. Calvin opened the hatch behind him to get into the back of the truck, and the quartet slithered through it one at a time. They pulled down the ladder that Adam had installed for them, and opened yet another top hatch that he'd outfitted, so they could transport goods this way if they had to. Zion popped out of the door holding a crate of canned goods. Hello there. Adam greeted with a smile. Fancy meeting you here. Didn't know we'd be crushing an ocean of bodies to do it. Zion shot back, but there was no venom in his voice. He hopped across to the roof to stand with him. They shook hands, and then he leaned over to take a crate from Calvin as the guys created a chain of unloading. Yeah, we accidentally drew this crowd back on our last outing, Adam said, scratching the back of his head. We've been waiting for them to disperse. Or just waiting for us to come take care of them for you, Zion teased. Adam had the decency to blush a little. It wasn't like his group was completely incapable, but they were definitely older in years and not as equipped to pull off large scale zombie culling operations. But this was why it was important to foster inter-community relations. Adam's group was the handy group, especially with his machine shop. Zion was happy to provide them with supplies and help so they could continue to benefit from the skills. At some point, they'd have to rebuild civilized society, and as much as Zion wasn't sure he thought of himself as civilized, it was important to cultivate these kinds of relationships, bring people together and all that. I'm more concerned about the people in that building, Adam admitted. Zion nodded as he took another crate and plonked it next to him. Cheryl gave me an idea of where it is. What did you see exactly? It's ten blocks south and four blocks east of here, Adam replied, extending his hand to mime out the movement. It's an office building, about six or seven stories tall, right close to downtown. Not a good place to be caught, you know. A few guys climbed out of the roof hatch for the building and exchanged nods with Zion as they started to haul the goods inside. Calvin brought up the hydraulic jack and handed it to his companion before extending his hand to shake Adam's. Definitely not a good place to be caught. Zion agreed and crossed his arms. So all you saw was a flashing light, nothing else? Adam shook his head. Couldn't see much else from where we were, he admitted. It was just clearly a light, flashing at us on purpose. I don't know how many are in there, but regardless, it would be a good idea to check, right? Yeah, Zion said, pressing his lips for a moment. It's always a good idea to get more people into the fold. Definitely, Adam agreed. Once we know what's going on in there, we can figure out where they'd best be suited. Calvin grinned. Trying to beef up your numbers? I'm just saying I could use an extra pair of machining hands around here. The older man replied with a lopsided grin. Speaking of machining hands, Zion said, we've got a shit ton of iron fencing in that truck, and we want to set it up in the drainage tunnels beneath the city to make a path for the zombies to get out. Adam raised an eyebrow. That's, that's a good idea. Calvin laughed. You're the first person who hasn't called us insane. Innovators are always told they're insane, Adam shrugged. So you wanna block off the smaller tunnels and then draw them all out of the city to the woods? Zion nodded. We should have enough fencing to block the small tunnels, but we're not 100% sure on the best way to make sure they'll stay in place. We originally wanted to just run the fencing all the way along it, but it would have taken so much it wasn't worth it, so we're just going to block each tunnel. Well, you can't weld iron to concrete, Adam replied, sarcasm in his tone. Calvin clucked his tongue. Obviously, but we need a reliable way to do it that is quick, efficient, and won't be knocked over by a shitload of zombies brushing up against it, Zion said. Adam shrugged. I mean, as long as you have a good hammer drill, you can just drill into the concrete, really. I've got a couple down in the shop with carbide bits. You can borrow them if you promise to bring them back. Power tools, Calvin exclaimed. Hammer drill sounds manly, right? Zion rolled his eyes. Thanks, he said to Adam. Do we need special bolts? I've got some concrete fasteners probably kicking around, he replied. You can really just use regular screws, as long as you're not bolting the fencing off of the ground. It'll hold them against the tunnel walls, but I wouldn't want to hang them depending on how heavy they are. It'll be flush with the floor, Zion said. I wouldn't want any zombies sneaking underneath. Fair enough, Adam replied. Give me a minute and I'll bring up some supplies for you. He disappeared into his own roof hatch. Do I get to use the fancy drill? Calvin asked. Zion crossed his arms. As long as you don't parade it around in front of my sister, trying to look all macho. I don't need to look macho, his companion protested, a blush creeping up his cheeks. She likes me just the way I am. Did you see her hug me? Buddy, Monique would chew you up and spit you out, Zion said, shaking his head with a smile on his face. Calvin snorted. You guys are the weirdest siblings ever. Aren't you supposed to like threaten me for looking at her? Hell no, if I did that, she'd kick my ass for trying to control her, his friend replied, putting up his hands. I know better than to cross her. It's concerning that you, the badass destroyer of the apocalypse, is afraid of his sister, Calvin said. Zion barked a laugh, still like her? His friend opened his mouth to reply, still blushing. But Adam emerged with a box of tools. One of his younger companions appeared after him, carrying another box, and set it down next to Zion. Okay, so there are two drills with five battery packs, all fully charged, Adam said, pointing to the various items in the crates. There's a plastic box full of different fasteners and screws. All will work for what you're using it for, but I didn't know how many you need. Erring on the side of too many is always better, because I want you to be able to finish the job. Thank you, Zion said. You're welcome, Adam replied. It'll be a lot easier to get around with less of these things clogging up the roadways. For sure, Calvin agreed. He stacked the crates and brought them back to the truck, passing them down through the hole. So send me some helping hands when you get your new recruits, Adam joked. Zion clapped him on the back. No worries, we'll figure it out once we find out what's going on with those people you found. He hopped back over to the truck as Calvin waved and descended back through the hole. Even if it's just one person, Adam said, all trace of amusement gone from his face. We have to do everything we can. Zion nodded and then disappeared into the truck, making his way back up into the driver's seat to join his team. They pulled away, making a nice flat cobble zombie road as they went. Chapter six. Jesus, it's clogged down here, Sean muttered as Zion plowed through thick zombie congestion close to downtown. The white office building stuck out like a sore thumb, and they had no doubt that it was the one they were looking for. No wonder people are trapped down here, Jeremy added, as he gazed out at the sea of corpses squashed and kicked aside by the truck. It would be impossible to get out. I'm amazed they've lasted this long, Zion admitted, and slowed down a bit so he could survey how he wanted to play this. We could probably get in on the second floor. Calvin nodded and leaned around the back of his seat, pointing. If you pull up along that walkway, there's a row of windows we could smash out. Good call, Zion agreed, and drove up what probably used to be a pretty garden and lunch area for the office building. They left a trail of bodies and blood behind, and he came to a stop next to the building. They climbed out of the roof hatch one at a time, and Zion and Calvin cupped their hands around their faces, peering in through the glass into the dark. I think we're clear, Calvin said, confirming there was no movement inside. Zion reared back with his crowbar and brought it into the window, shattering it instantly. He froze for a moment, hand on his knife holster. To make sure that there weren't any hiding zombies waiting to come out to surprise them from the noise. After a few tense moments, he used the hooked metal to knock off the jagged glass on the bottom of the window frame to make sure nobody would hurt themselves getting inside. And that's how we do that, Calvin said brightly and hopped inside. Jeremy and Sean followed, with Zion bringing up the rear, sparing a glance over his shoulder at the corpses now clustering even harder around them due to the noise. Spread out, but not too far apart, he instructed, and they began to move through the large space. It was completely ransacked, desks and chairs overturned, cubicles shredded, lights hanging by thin, busted wires. It's bad in here, Jeremy breathed. I guess when the outbreak happened, things went to hell in a handbasket pretty fast in places where people were packed in like sardines. Sean shook his head. This is more than just the outbreak, he mused. This looks like people have been through here, maybe fought some zombies but picked it clean. He motioned to a break area where a little bar fridge and a vending machine were both busted open and empty. They moved across the main floor and slowed down to peer into a row of offices along the far wall. Calvin turned to say something and all of a sudden the window next to him exploded. Down, Zion cried. They all hit the floor, but Jeremy grunted as a bullet punched into his shoulder. He pressed himself against the back of a desk, gasping and holding his wound. Fuck, 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 Sean babbled as he scurried over to his friend. Eyes wide, he tore off his shirt and quickly wrapped it around Jeremy's shoulder, tying it around his armpit. Are you okay? The ex-bartender couldn't help but let out an exasperated laugh. You never swear, man as a few more bullets fired into the wall above them, Zion surmised that it was only a single shooter. He waved at Calvin to draw the fire the other direction, and his friend nodded, heading back the way they'd come. Zion stayed low to the ground and silently moved around the perimeter of the floor, concealing himself behind cubicles and debris. When he got to the end of the corridor, he peered around it, there was a wiry man trying to follow Calvin's movement, his back turned. Zion sprinted forward and curled his arm around the guy's neck, putting him in an easy chokehold. Please, okay, the guy cried and dropped his gun immediately, holding his arms up in surrender. Zion's eyes widened and he let go of the guy when he realized it was just a kid that looked no more than 15 or 16. What the fuck are you doing shooting at us? he demanded, and reached down to grab the gun from the floor as the kid backed up into the wall, face white as a sheet. Calvin's head popped up from the other side of the debris. We good, Z? Yeah, we good, Zion called. You okay, Jeremy? Peachy, Jeremy groaned as Sean helped him up, and they headed around to their location. "Oh God, did I hit you? The kid asked, hands coming up to his cheeks. I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to. I was just trying to scare you guys away, honest, please don't kill me. Zion furrowed his brow. We're not here to fucking kill you, relax. Our friend saw someone flashing a light from in here, so we came to see if anyone needed rescuing. What do you think? Yes, yes, I need help, the kid gushed. I have a group of kids like me that I've been taking care of, but I messed up my ankle fighting a zombie on the stairs and we got separated. Calvin came around the other side and cocked his head to check out the kid's very swollen ankle. "Geez, kid, that is a messed up ankle, could be broken. It hurts a lot, came the shaky reply as Jeremy and Sean joined them. So does this, the former declared, pointing to his shoulder. The kid shook his head, extending his hands, palms out. I'm so sorry, so sorry. Zion pursed his lips for a moment as he sized him up. What's your name, he asked. Theo, the kid said. Please, I need help, I'm sorry. Okay, stop fucking apologizing, Zion snapped. We'll help you find your group. His eyes darkened, and he took a step forward. But if this is a trap, I don't care how young you are. I have no problems throwing you off the roof into that horde out there. Theo nodded profusely, his mouth opening and closing like a fish. Yes, sir. Good, Zion replied, straightening up. Do you know where your people are? He nodded again like a bobblehead. Yeah, our apartment building, it's just a few blocks away. I don't know how to get there with those things everywhere. Well, it's your lucky day, Calvin said brightly. We've got wheels. As he hooked an arm under the kid's armpits, Zion turned to Jeremy. You gonna make it, he asked. The ex-bartender made an A O K sign with his hand. Punched right through and must have not hit anything important because I can still move my arm. Hurts like a whore, though. I bet, Zion replied. Been shot enough times myself to know it ain't fun. There's gauze in the truck, Sean said. We'll get you wrapped up, and then you're staying in there until we get back. Jeremy saluted with his good arm. Not gonna argue that. Chapter 7 Oh my God, oh my God, Theo babbled, practically climbing over Zion's shoulder to gape at the front door of the apartment building. Oh my God, how are we going to get inside? The front door was buckled in and zombies flooded over it, clambering around each other to get inside. Don't worry, we'll get him out. Zion assured him, and slowed down to get up over the curb. Theo shook his head, eyes wide. But what if there, we got this, Calvin said, clapping him on the shoulder and pulling him back into the seat. Why don't you give us a lay of the land in there? The kid chewed on his thumbnail, curling his legs up onto the seat under him. There's eight of us, at least there was. I hope there still is. Mostly teens, but the youngest is eight. Who would be in charge? Zion asked as he pulled right up to the building beneath a second floor window. My boyfriend, Alvin, Theo replied. He's the oldest at 19. Calvin raised an eyebrow. You are a little young to be dating a 19-year-old. I'm 18, the kid bristled. I'm only a couple of months younger. Jeremy groaned. I got shot by a teenager. Wendy's never gonna let me live this down. At least he's old enough to buy porn. Calvin replied. Zion unrolled his window so that he could climb up onto the roof, and Sean did the same. Theo moved to get into the front to follow them, but the leader put up a hand. No, you're staying here, Zion said. The kid shook his head. But stay here, I'll get them out, he promised. Alvin is in charge, you said? Theo nodded, and Calvin patted his shoulder as the duo climbed out of the windows he produced a joint from his pocket and grinned. You partake? He asked. Before Theo could answer, Jeremy moaned. Please, God, yes. Calvin lit up and handed it over to the wounded man. Don't sweat it, kid. You barely got in here with that fucked up ankle. How did you think you'd get back out again? Let alone that you'd just be in Zion's way. Jeremy added as he exhaled, smoke billowing around his head. That guy's hardcore. He's big, Theo agreed. Calvin took the joint back and puffed on it. Not only that, he's fearless. He'll get through whatever is up there and get those kids out without even breaking a sweat. He held out the weed to the kid. Theo looked at it and then gingerly took it between his thumb and forefinger, puffing gently. I didn't think I'd ever get to smoke this stuff again. "Ah, Are you a veteran? Calvin waggled his eyebrows. The kid shook his head. No, he replied, passing it off to Jeremy. Alvin is, though. When we started dating, I started smoking it every now and again. Really nice for stress relief. And pain relief, Jeremy sighed happily. I'm really sorry, Theo repeated. Jeremy closed his eyes. Your constant apologies are far more annoying than this bullet wound, he joked, and Calvin barked a laugh. Agreed, he said as he took his joint back. Just chill, kid, it's the apocalypse. Not the first nor the last time somebody will be accidentally shot. Theo groaned, I don't know if that's comforting or not. Zion peered through the window, seeing no movement in the apartment they'd pulled up to. Let's go in through the sliding door, he suggested, it'll be quieter. Sean nodded and they headed along the back of the truck, hopping over the balcony railing. There were vertical blinds inside the sliding door, but they were open and unmoving, showing no signs of corpses within. Zion yanked on the handle, and it was thankfully unlocked. He stepped through, the blinds clack clacking behind him. He held his crowbar and his knife at the ready as he swept the space, but the bedrooms were all empty. When they got to the front door, he listened for a moment, and then inched it open. A zombie immediately smacked into it, slamming it back shut, cutting off Zion's view. They're heading for the other end of the hall, he whispered. That's gotta be where the kids are. Should we drive around, try to find the right apartment, Sean asked. Zion shook his head. The trees are thick back there, the truck wouldn't fit, he replied, and lifted his weapons. You ready to play whack-a-gool? His companion nodded and raised his hands, blade in one hand, tire iron in the other. Zion threw the door open and clotheslined a zombie immediately, leaving it on the floor behind him for Sean to brain, as he turned to the two corpses lunging for his face. He was a monster, stabbing and smashing his way down the hall towards the cluster of zombies at the door in question. Sean held his own, taking out the few behind the apartment they'd come in. He pulled the stairwell door shut as much as he could, trying to stifle the flow of new zombies. There were too many caught in the door, and he stabbed wildly at the reaching hands, but to no avail. He finally managed to jam the tire iron into the handle and keep it from being opened any wider for the time being. Zion jumped into the back of the cluster, and they began to notice him. He kicked a zombie in the stomach and stabbed it in the head, using it to bludgeon the other zombies out of the way. Sean rejoined him at that point, taking down any that managed to wriggle past his partner. Soon it was just cleanup duty, making sure the dead were dead in the pile, and Zion kicked the apartment door in. A shot rang out, hitting high. Hey, Zion barked. Cut that shit out, we're here to help. A terrified, angular face popped up from behind a couch. We found Theo in the office building. Come on, he's waiting for you, Zion said, waving the kid forward. You found Theo? A little girl cried in excitement and ran forward. The kid with the gun, presumably Alvin, lunged forward and grabbed her wrist. Rhea, don't. Sean watched the stairwell door, rotting arms flailing through it, trying to squeeze through the small space. He didn't like how the tire iron was shifting in its place. We need to hurry this up, Sean called and sprinted back down the hallway. Alvin took in the pile of bodies at the door. How did you save it for when we're not on the dinner menu? Zion snapped. All you kids need to get to that open apartment down there so we can get out of here. Come on, Alvin, they found Theo. Rhea jumped up and down, tugging at his arm. The older boy nodded and waved to the bedroom, where a stream of kids hurried out, glancing up at their savior with terrified faces as they passed. Alvin brought up the rear, Rhea in tow, and looked like he was about to say something but Zion shoved him past and ushered the kids down the hall. Go, 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 get to the balcony, there's a truck there, he instructed. Sean cried out as the tire iron gave way, and he planted a foot on the doorframe so he could keep a hold of the stairwell door. I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. Zion all but threw Alvin into the apartment and turned to his companion, running full tilt for the door. Get out of the way, he screamed and Sean let go and flattened himself against the wall at the last second. Zion slammed into the door at full force, knocking the entire horde back down the stairs. He flexed his arms and spat down onto the writhing mass of rotting flesh and stalked back into the hallway, closing and latching the door behind him. He swiped his hands back and forth off of each other, and Sean couldn't help but laugh at him, shaking his head. I don't know how you still managed to surprise me, the older man said, letting out a deep whoosh of breath. Zion clapped him on the back as they headed for the apartment door. Gotta keep things interesting, right? Chapter Eight Calvin helped Alvin in through the roof hatch, and then peered in through the balcony door as Zion and Sean sauntered over as casually as ever. It's getting pretty dense out here, he called and shut the hatch before sliding down to carefully clamber back into the cab. Theo was half in the door to the back, presumably greeting everyone. And when he pulled back, his face was flushed. Alvin appeared in the hole, still gripping his boyfriend's hand. Thank you, Theo gushed, as Zion and Sean slid into their seats from above. Thank you, thank you so much. Don't thank us yet, Calvin replied brightly. We still have to get home. The corpses surrounding the truck were so thick that it took the truck a moment to get moving. Once Zion started to pick up speed, it was okay, but the sheer amount of the dead was concerning. I don't like how many of these bastards are congregating here, he muttered. Sean sighed. We should probably take an alternate route so we're not leading them anywhere that our people are. Anywhere? Alvin asked through the hole. Do you guys have multiple safe places? As safe as they can be, Sean replied. Calvin leaned back against the side of the cab to face the teenagers. Zion and I live at an apartment complex outside of town. It's manned by some really awesome people and we've got a good thing going there. Sean and Jeremy are from a place in the city that's now a whole fenced off block. Their leader is this badass chick named Wendy that I'm pretty sure could crush my entire skull with just her pinky finger. Spoiler alert, Jeremy added she could. And then there's Adam, our machinist, Calvin continued. His people are at a shop in town, and he builds all kinds of awesome shit. He outfitted this truck for us, and we bring him food. That's amazing, Alvin replied, shaking his head in awe. Not only that you have a thriving community, but trade with other communities? It really feels like there's hope even with all of this. He waved his hand at the sea of zombies parting for Zion's aggressive driving. How many of you are in there? Jeremy asked, wincing as he tried to crane his neck to look in the back. Seven, Alvin replied, and then laughed as a tiny pair of arms wrapped around his neck. Sorry, six and a half. Hey, Rhea pouted, I'm more than half your size. I'm tall for my age. Oh, Sweetie, I missed you, Theo said reaching in to give her arm a gentle squeeze. Did Alvin take good care of you while I was gone? Alvin is way nicer than you, she replied primly. He let me eat two cookies instead of one, and we got to play board games until after dark, and he brushed Pony's hair for me. She stuck out her tongue and laughter rippled throughout the cab. I can see who the pushover is in this relationship, Calvin teased. Alvin wrinkled his nose. How do you say no to that face? Look at her big eyes, she's too damn cute. You're a weak man, Theo replied gravely, shaking his head. It's about to get a little bumpy, Zion warned and revved the engine. The wheels went bump, bump, as he drove over a particularly thick portion of corpses, and then finally hit a street where the zombies were thinner. What's with all the metal back here? One of the kids asked. Not the most comfortable to sit on. Shh, Dinah, Alvin scolded. Beggars can't be choosers. We could be in a lot worse places right now. It's fencing, Calvin replied. Sorry about that. We weren't anticipating having a truckload of kids today. Otherwise, I would have set up a couch and some video games. Another kid groaned in lament. That would be so nice to just kick back and eat Cheetos and play some FPS. He made some gun noises with his mouth, and a few of the girls squealed their distaste. If you like shooting stuff, you should learn how to shoot zombies, Calvin said. And Sean stared at him wide-eyed. What, it's the apocalypse. Kid's gotta learn sometime, right, Z? Zion shrugged. I knew how to fire a gun by the time I was ten. Jesus, really? Sean blurted. Where the hell did you grow up? Compton he replied and didn't need to say any more. That aside, Calvin continued, it's probably a good idea to at least teach them how to use the damn things, just in case of an emergency. I'm not saying we send ten-year-olds out on raids, but at least if something happens, they can defend themselves. Yes, please, somebody teach the teenagers how to properly handle a gun, Jeremy moaned, rolling his eyes. Hey, I'm not a teenager anymore, Alvin replied with a grin. I meant your boy here, Jeremy pointed a finger at Theo. Calvin cupped a hand around his mouth and whispered loudly. He shot Jeremy. What? Alvin's eyes widened. I was just trying to scare them away, Theo wailed, covering his face. I'm never going to live this down. No, I'm never gonna live it down, Jeremy replied. I think I'm just gonna live with you guys now. I can't ever go back and face Wendy. I can't wait to tell her, Calvin said with a lopsided grin. Jeremy glared at him. Also, why are you so high and mighty, mister? Sean raised an eyebrow as he glanced back at Alvin. You shot at Zion when he came through the door. The kid put up his hands. Self-defense? Exactly, Theo added, nodding his head emphatically. And this is why it's important to learn how to use guns properly, Calvin said matter-of-factly. Because if you're firing in self-defense, you should hit your target in a strategic place and not be shooting wildly in a panic. Are you saying he should have shot me somewhere else? Jeremy asked. Or that Alvin should have hit Zion? That's exactly what I'm saying, Calvin replied. What if we had been there for nefarious intentions? You can't be too careful. You're a weird dude, Alvin said, shaking his head. Sean barked a laugh and jerked a thumb over his shoulder. I like this kid. You guys are all meatheads, a young girl from the back said. Guns are only useful if they have ammunition. Zion grinned, and what's your name? Lily Barton, sir. A round face appeared in the hatch and a tiny hand reached up to push her thick horn rimmed glasses up on her nose. I don't mean any offense, but if you're going to be teaching us how to defend ourselves, then I'd much rather learn how to use a weapon that doesn't run out of bullets. Well, smart lady, no offense taken, Zion replied. Calvin rolled his eyes. Z is our resident gun hater around here. I think if we'd let him, he'd crush the zombies with his bare hands. Let me, Zion replied, raising an eyebrow. Sean shook his head. I'm not under any illusions that we impede you from doing whatever you want. And really, you go ahead and do it. Shoving an entire horde of zombies down the stairs was insane, but it saved my life, so power to you. You shoved a horde down the stairs, Jeremy blurted. Living at the apartments is sounding better and better. So you're an enthusiast for melee weapons then? Lily asked, pushing her glasses up her nose again. In Dungeons and Dragons, I played DPS and there was a chorus of groans from the back of the truck, likely the video gamers of the group. Lily cleared her throat and continued. While I feel that long-range weapons and magic have their place tactically in a group, it isn't efficient to rely solely on those efforts. The same applies here, although of course we don't have mages. I'm your mage, Calvin replied, raising his hand. Long-range sniper, ready to cover melee fighters in the field. She grinned at him. Cool. So what do you call giant badasses that just jump in and draw all the zombies to them? Jeremy asked, discreetly motioning towards Zion. That would be a tank, Lily explained. The strongest of fighters with all the hit points. They go out and draw the enemies so that the fast, aggressive fighters can pick them off while their backs are turned. Mr. Tank, Jeremy grinned, patting Zion on the shoulder and then wincing as he jostled his shoulder too much. If that's the only criteria, then Sean is the tank, Zion replied, jerking his thumb in his companion's direction. He's the one that distracted all the yoga zombies so I could pick them off at the back. Yoga zombies? One of the kids asked from behind Lily. You guys have the best stories. I have the worst mental picture, Calvin said, wrinkling his nose. I think you've just killed yoga pants for me forever. At least until Monique wears some, Jeremy teased. The sniper opened his mouth to quit back, but Zion went over a particularly thick bump of corpses, causing everyone to bonk around. I don't like how thick this crowd is, he said. This is way too close to our side of the city for my liking. Can we go back through the city and around the outside, skirt around? Sean asked. Zion shook his head. I don't want to take this horde back near Windy's while they're still reinforcing their fencing. Calvin peered over the driver's shoulder to see where they were. You know, we're close to the drainage tunnel. We could do a test run. But you don't have the fencing in there yet, Sean cut in. Zion pursed his lips for a moment. This looks like about a hundred or so. Even if some straggled down the smaller tunnels, it wouldn't be too big of a deal to clean them out again tomorrow before we put the fencing in. At least the bulk would come out into the woods as long as we make a big enough ruckus. Calvin held up a fist. Conga line dress rehearsal. Chapter 9 Okay, here's how this is going to go, Zion said firmly, turning to look at his team. I'm going to back up to the tunnel, and then Calvin and I are going to jump out and head inside. Sean, you pull the truck up and cut the engine, and we'll make a shit ton of noise to draw all the zombies in after us. Once they're all in, you drive the truck around to the other end to pick us up, and haul ass because we're probably going to need a quick getaway when we get there. Shaw nodded. Got it. You know your way? Calvin asked. The ex-businessman nodded again. I grew up here. I know where every ditch and tunnel is. Awesome, Calvin replied. What can we do? Alvin asked. Having taken over the hatch hole from Lily, his arm snaked out to hold Theo's hand again, gripping tightly. You can sit tight and wait, Zion replied firmly. We're going to get you kids to safety, but we can't bring a hundred zombies with us, so you'll just have to hang out in here a little longer. Sean stared at Jeremy. You going to be okay for this? Do I have a choice? He chuckled. I'll be fine. This wound wasn't really a bleeder. I'll be okay. The longer we wait, the longer Amelia will fuss over me anyway. Sean rolled his eyes. Okay, good, Zion said, and then slowly backed up the truck until there was just enough space for the duo to jump down. See you on the other side. He unrolled the driver's side window, the snarls and moans of the horde echoing into them. Don't worry, you guys are safe in here, Calvin said. He winked at Lily who peeked out past the older boys. Zee and I are gonna be the tanks this time. He followed Zion out the window and climbed up on top of the truck. His friend stood at the very back, peering down to make sure they'd backed up enough for them to jump down safely. He held out an arm, bowing at the waist. Ladies first, he said. Calvin mimed a curtsy with a flourish. Thank you, kind sir. He turned around and lowered himself, hanging from his hands for a moment before dropping to his feet. He immediately drew his crowbar and his blade, peering into the darkness to make sure nothing was going to jump out of the tunnel at them. Zion got down as well, and then banged on the back of the truck to signify that they were clear. He drew his weapon, and they headed in as the brake lights went on. Sean slowly pulled away, enough so that the zombies could cluster around the back. Hey, bitches, Calvin bellowed banging his crowbar against the cement next to him. Come to Papa. Zion banged his crowbar as well, and they began to walk together as Sean cut the engine, and the zombies staggered towards the mouth of the tunnel. I really hope you don't go talking to all women that way, Zion said. Calvin winked at him. Only if they want me to. They walked at a casual pace, glancing over their shoulders every now and again to make sure that they were a safe distance ahead but still close enough to be tasty, effective bait. So what do you think of the kids? Calvin asked. Zion shrugged. They're kids. Not gonna lie, it was pretty cool to see you connecting with the nerdy one, his friend said. I think you put her at ease. The bigger man shook his head. They're just scared kids. Being this young in such a fucked up situation ain't gonna be easy to navigate, especially for the little ones. It's not easy to navigate for some adults, Calvin pointed out. The kids might be easier because they're less attached to the world the way it was. Zion shook his head. Maybe, maybe not. My childhood was like a fucking apocalypse. Took me a long time to get my shit together. And even after, people still treated me like I was a fuck-up, he scowled. Not like it matters now. It does, though, Calvin replied. So you had a fucked up childhood, you made whatever mistakes. But you're doing good now, you're taking care of people, he shrugged. They still don't trust me though, I don't think. They maybe trust that I can protect them, but they fear me. Because they don't all know you as well as some, his friend insisted. And unfortunately reputation is a bitch. Don't I know it, Zion replied bitterly. Going to jail at 19 was a blessing in disguise because it forced me to turn my life around. But having that three years hanging over my head made my life difficult, before and after the zombies hit the fan. Spending every minute trying to prove myself is exhausting sometimes. I didn't have a bad childhood, Calvin said, not unkindly. My parents were loving, sweet. They took good care of me and I didn't want for anything. When I decided to help out the family business, they were ecstatic. But gaining a reputation amongst the suits in the city wasn't fucking easy. They all looked at me like I was this dumb country bumpkin, especially considering my carefree sense of humor. For a long time I tried to pretend I was one of them, deny my roots, fake it till I made it. But it didn't work, man. I was trying to prove myself to people that in the grand scheme of things, I didn't have to. He paused, glancing at the snapping horde behind them for a moment. What I'm getting at here is that you don't have to prove yourself anymore. You're living your life, keeping people safe, building communities, saving lives. Do it because you want to, because you know it's the right thing to do. Fuck what others think. Zion chewed over that for a moment. I'm not a good man. Are any of us? Calvin replied with a shrug. And really, isn't that in the eye of the beholder or some shit? Is it your fault you were born in Compton and taught to shoot guns and run gangs? What is your fault is that you turned your life around. You could have done your time and then come out and continue to do the same damn thing. It would have been easy to do that, Zion admitted. I still had all the connections, all the power. But my mama, she wanted so badly for me to have a good life. That's how I ended up out here when the zombie outbreak happened. I was visiting Monique and looking at a local college. I thought if I could stay away from the mean streets, they'd stay away from me. This isn't Compton, man, Calvin said. And I bet your mom would be really fucking proud of everything you and Monique have accomplished here. Zion rolled his eyes. You're a big fucking sap. But his voice was a little thicker than normal. He clapped his friend on the shoulder and glanced behind them again to check on their progress. Calvin let out a noise of surprise, and as Zion turned back to the front, he skidded to a stop. There was a group of zombies ahead, apparently stuck in the tunnel. It was like a writhing, living wall, as if they'd all wandered in together, and then gotten too close in too narrow a space. Motherfucker, Calvin breathed, and looked back at the approaching horde. The walls were closing in. Zion raised his crowbar and blade, Let's dismantle this shit, brick by fucking brick, he declared and stepped forward. Calvin joined him as quickly as he could. The plus side to the ghouls all being stuck this way was that they could take out the heads easily without the bodies being able to lunge at them. But the game of three-dimensional whack-a-mole was a little more intense with the wall of corpses breathing down their necks. When Zion wasn't able to find any more gnashing heads, he started to grab skulls and yank. Throwing bodies behind him. Calvin kept his weapons handy as ghouls fell, taking out snapping teeth as zombies whose heads hadn't been exposed fell in as the wall came apart. Go! Zion cried, wrenching his arm free of one of the zombies staggering right up behind him. He took one of the wall corpses and flung it backwards into the approaching horde, tripping them up a little as Calvin scrambled over the pile. The smaller man started stabbing heads on the other side to make a path for Zion to get over safely, and his friend practically slid down to the tunnel floor. They backed up a bit, spinning around at the next intersection to make sure there were no more surprises ready to jump out, and then turned to the pile. The zombies that had been following them were attempting to crawl over the wall, but they weren't faring very well. Probably going to need to fix that, huh? Calvin asked, his tone insinuating that he really didn't want to. Zion nodded. If we each grab two and pull, we should be able to drag them back enough that they can climb over. Calvin cocked his head and then took a deep breath, sheathing his blade and crowbar. He bounced back and forth from foot to foot, psyching himself up. Zion put his weapons away at the same time, and they crept forward. The zombies stuck on the other side of the pile began to shriek even louder, apparently extra frustrated and excited with this turn of events the living duo took care to grasp limbs of separate bodies, keeping their heads back and out of grabbing range of their hungry opponents. Ready? Zion asked. One, two, three. They both heaved backwards and the wall came down. One of the limbs Calvin had grabbed tore clean off and he fell back onto his ass on the wet pavement. Something squishy and warm fell onto his torso but he couldn't kick up with his legs to get it off of him. Zion grabbed the zombie's head and twisted, tearing it clear from the corpse's shoulders and throwing it back into the horde. He took Calvin by the collar and dragged him backwards until he could hook an arm under his armpits and haul him to his feet. They jogged a little away until the zombies were at a safe, shambling distance once again. Jesus, fuck, thank you, man, Calvin huffed, scrubbing his hands down his face. Zion nodded. You good? You bit? No, I'm good, the smaller man replied, and patted his pocket until he found his last joint. He lifted it to his lips and shakily lit it up, taking a deep drag to try to calm his nerves. Fuck! Zion looked back to make sure that the flow was good, and the zombies were getting over the corpse wall they dismantled. At least we know to be prepared for clogs now. Yeah! Calvin agreed, and held out his hand for a fist bump. You think you're not a good man, but you saved my ass. That makes you good in my books. Zion rolled his eyes as the end of the tunnel came into view. I'd miss not having your wiry ass around to make fun of. He bumped his friend's fist despite his words. Plus, I'm waiting for the day you finally make a move on my sister, and she obliterates you. Oh, ye of little faith, Calvin replied, pointing a finger at him. I'm biding my time, slowly letting her fall in love with me. Don't worry, I'll be a good brother-in-law. Too far, Zion said with a grimace. Too far. They exited into the fresh air, glad to see the truck parked and waiting. When Sean spotted them, he moved into the back seat to make room for the duo. They ran and clambered inside. Zion fired up the engine and quickly drove away not wanting to chance leading the zombies in any other direction other than the woods. Well, how did it go? Sean asked. I almost got eaten, Calvin replied casually, offering his joint to Jeremy. But Zion had my back. Apparently the zombies have figured out how to build walls. Jeremy took the joint and laughed. What? We'll have some clearing out to do tomorrow, Zion replied and we'll have to be careful when we're leading them through to watch for clogging. There was a pile of them stuck in there. Gross, Jeremy declared. Are you guys okay? Theo asked, eyes wide. Calvin nodded. All good in the hood, he said, and then turned to Zion. Sorry, is that offensive? Zion sighed with fake drama. Why did I save your ass again? Chapter 10. As soon as Zion pulled up to their apartment complex, people swarmed the truck. Zion was used to a nice warm welcome, but at this point he was more concerned about Jeremy getting medical help. Hey, hey, Big Z won't be taking any questions at this time, Calvin joked as he jumped down into the crowd of what he liked to call adoring fans. We've got an injured dude here, Sean helped Jeremy down, and Amelia, their resident medic, headed forward with a smile, taking his arm. Been a while since I've had to do a bullet wound, she said. How are you feeling there, Tiger? Jeremy hissed and chuckled. Oh, you know, just another day at the office. Sean gave Zion a little salute and headed off to assist with his friend's recovery. Meanwhile, Calvin opened the back door of the truck, revealing the eight youngsters they'd liberated. Cheryl stepped up behind him, eyes wide. Where did you find these kids? She breathed. Holy crap, you're outside, Calvin balked. She glared at him. I came out to tell Zion to call his sister, but I got distracted by the fact that you have a bunch of kids packed in a truck. Jesus, let them out already. She held out a hand to one of the girls and offered a smile. Hey there, sweetie, come on, you're safe now. Zion leaned on the side of the truck, staying out of the way. He wasn't sure if some of the kids found him scary, being the big, hulking zombie killer that he was. Alvin and Theo peeked around the corner, and then approached him, hand in hand. Thank you. I know it's not even enough to just say it, but thank you, Alvin said. I was pretty sure we were screwed back there. Zion shook his head. One of these days I'll introduce you to Adam, and you can thank him he replied. He's the one that saw Theo's light from the office building. If it weren't for that, we would have never come a-knockin'. Alvin cocked a brow. Light? I found an old flashlight in one of the janitor's closets, Theo replied, blushing from the attention. When I saw that tow truck, I figured if I could get their attention, but I didn't think it worked because they just drove away. Adam's got a machine shop in the city, Calvin explained as he joined them. He's a handyman, not a fighter. That's our job. Tiny arms clamped around Alvin's waist, and he turned to see Rhea glomped onto the back of him. I'm a barnacle, she declared, and the group couldn't help but laugh at her enthusiasm. I'll take you to see Amelia, Calvin suggested, motioning to Theo. The kid shook his head. I'm good for now, he insisted. I really want her to be able to focus on the guy I, you know, shot. I can't believe you shot that guy, Alvin gushed. Theo blushed even harder. I didn't mean to, I was just trying to scare them away. Well, I'm glad you didn't, his boyfriend replied and kissed the top of his head. Rhea peeked around him, gazing up at Zion. You killed all the monsters, she said. Not all of them, he replied, but enough to keep you safe. I bet you'll get the rest of them, she said raising her chin in determination. And then we can go find our mommies and daddies. Cheryl poked her head around the back of the truck and then headed over. A few of the other kids are talking about their parents too. Is it possible your families are still alive? Zion turned to Alvin. Some of these kids could be pretty traumatized and not realize that, well. He bit his tongue and looked down at Rhea. She put her little hands on her hips. My mommy is dead, she said matter-of-factly. You don't have to pretend she's not, but my daddy is big and strong like you. It's possible that some are, yeah, Alvin said, putting his arm around the little girl. Theo and I were babysitting, and most of our parents were out at this fundraiser dinner on the other side of town. Then all of a sudden the city was overrun with zombies, and it was all we could do to just try to stay alive. There were no other adults in the building? Cheryl asked. Theo shook his head. There were a few, but after we looted all the apartments for food and water and realized we didn't really have all that much, they went out to try to scrounge supplies from other places. Only one came back, but he had such horrible injuries that he didn't want to turn and kill us. Mr. Cole was so nice, Rhea added wistfully. He always let me play with his dog. Cheryl drew her bottom lip between her teeth. I'm so sorry that you had this burden, she said, looking at Alvin. These last two weeks must have been so hard for you. It wasn't great, the boy admitted. But at least we managed to keep it up long enough for rescue. Calvin clapped him on the shoulder. Well, let's get you guys to the infirmary, he said. Can I come? Rhea asked. You know, I bet you and I could have way more fun together than hanging with these old guys. Cheryl cut in. Bending at the waist to smile at the little girl. She held out her hand. There's another little girl here about your age, and she has a whole bunch of coloring books and crayons. Would you like to meet her? Rhea's eyes lit up, and she let go of Alvin immediately, putting her tiny hand in Cheryl's. Yes, yes, yes! Theo laughed. I guess I get my boyfriend back now. I'll miss my little barnacle, Alvin replied with a grin. He helped his boyfriend limp along with Calvin towards the building, as Cheryl herded Rhea off with the other kids. Oh, Z, Monique wants you to call her, Cheryl called back over her shoulder. Zion gave her a little salute of confirmation. He headed into the communication room and picked up the radio receiver, plonking himself down into Cheryl's comfortable leather chair. Hey, Monique, he said, knowing that his sister would be waiting for him. Hey, Z, how did it go? she asked immediately. He let himself relax into the chair, leaning back a bit. Good, Jeremy's got a bit of a scratch, but we all came out unscathed. Did you get the fencing up okay? Yeah, it's all up, she replied, and he could picture her beaming face. It went up nice and fast, thanks to you guys. They cleared out all the bodies too, so tomorrow morning once it's light out, we'll be able to fully expand across the block. We, huh? He asked with a lopsided grin you ever gonna come back home? She paused, and he heard the smile in her voice as she said, I will, maybe in a few weeks. I feel like I'm doing a lot of good here. You definitely have a better bedside manner than Wendy, he pointed out. She laughed. I get told that a lot. Did you manage to rescue anyone today? More hands means you might not need me around after all. Oh, I'm running a child labor camp now, Zion joked. I rescued like ten kids today. Kids? She gasped. Really? Yeah, mostly teenagers, but a few younger ones as well, he replied. Cheryl's having a heyday fussing over them. Apparently all of their parents were out at some fundraiser, so we're going to try to have a look and see if any of them are still alive. Monique sighed sadly. Those poor kids. I hope you all find something. I don't have my hopes up, but it's worth a try. He replied, leaving the unspoken statement hanging in the air between them. If they had been able to bring back their parents, they would have. But if not, at least this place will be a safe family for them. I have no doubt, she replied. Well, I should go crash, he said with a groan as he stretched his arms above his head. Calvin and I get to do our very first zombie conga line tomorrow morning. Monique laughed. Good night, little brother. Good night. End of book ten. Coming soon, the action shifts over to Spokane as the major assault on the city begins.
1: Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.